Thank you. It's so good to be with you here this morning on this very, very special day. Congratulations, Luke, Kim and the team. Uh, been terrific over this last uh, three months or so. And uh, we continue to pray for you as you continue to bless the community here that uh, Tanya is part of. And uh, that's great. And it's my privilege to bring the uh, scripture readings this morning. Just a couple of short readings. And I'm reading from the New International Version. Uh, a few verses from Genesis chapter 12. The Lord had said to Abram, leave your country, your people and your father's household and go to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you I will curse and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So Abram left and as the Lord had told him, And Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. And from the New Testament, Matthew chapter 5, verse 16, words of Jesus to his disciples. In the same way, let your light shine before men and women that they may know your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. And God always adds the blessing to the reading and sharing of his word. So that's good. Um, one more exciting thing to announce today has been such an exciting day already. Um, but I've got some great news on Saturday. Um, I've mentioned Nathan Younghusband standing behind the camera today. He is uh, on staff at Bayside Church, but his uh, ex-girlfriend is, um, he comes here to uh, follow Baptist Church. And the reason I say that he's the ex-girlfriend is because Saturday I had a phone call telling me that Nathan proposed on Saturday. And hey, 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 hey. I haven't told you the answer yet. <laughs> if Erin had said no, I wouldn't be mentioning this. So thankfully she said yes. And so Erin and Nathan are now engaged. <laughs> Where's Erin? Stand up, Erin. Come on. I know you love standing up in front of everyone. Yeah, okay. So if you know Erin and Nathan, I would just encourage you to be praying for them as they uh, get ready to get married sometime next year. Um, and also go and congratulate them after the service and give them a big hug. That's wonderful news. I love it when God brings two passionate people together, passionate about um, Jesus, passionate about others, and, and brings them together into this wonderful thing that we call marriage. So very exciting. And it's a good uh, segue into what I want to share today at the start of my sermon because I want to talk about family. Um, let's talk about kids. Um, Nathan and Aaron are having a heart attack now. They're just like, we just got engaged. Let's not talk about kids yet. Uh, you don't have to worry about that for ages, Erin. That's like nine months after you get married. So <laughs> lots of time to, to ponder that sort of thing. But family is a huge blessing. And uh, marriage is great. Family is wonderful. And uh, we are blessed when we're in uh, families that are loving and connected. And, and this week in our family, we had a couple of milestones. Uh, Adele, uh, our oldest, turned 18. And uh, she got her licence on Monday. So please be careful on the roads this week. <laughs> Um, but that was great, very exciting. Um, can't believe that she's uh, already 18, but we're very proud of the girl that she is and we just are so grateful to God for the strong faith she has and the example she is to her friends. And then uh, on Friday, Lenny had his third birthday. Um, where have those years gone? So he turned three and uh, we had a wonderful day. We went to Dinosaur World on Saturday. Um, I didn't plan to say this, but give it a plug. It's an exciting place. Uh, dinosaurs look real and it's Maybe I liked it more than him. I don't know. But it was great. And uh, 
One of the things that's great about family is that you get to share those milestones together. And there's so many special moments that we have together as family that um, are long-lasting. I know some of my greatest memories are around uh, things that have happened with my wife and kids and it's such a blessing to be in a family environment. And one of the great positives about being in a family sort of situation is that you share absolutely everything together. And while that is one of the amazing positives, uh, on the odd occasion it can also be a negative because you share absolutely everything together. And uh, if you're in a family uh, with kids in uh, preschool, preschool or daycare or any sort of school, you'll know that one of the things we often share is colds and sickness. Uh, does anyone else have that in their household? When I see one of my kids come home from school sniffling, I can almost prophesy that it's going to be me in a couple of days. I just know uh, it's going to go, it's, it's a bit like a roundabout, um, like a cruel game of pass the parcel. We kind of pass around the sickness to one another and it kind of goes around and around and around. And uh, you know when one of our family members starts sneezing, what do we say? We say bless you. You know that there's no blessing going on at that, ca- at that stage. There. It's just spreading sickness at that, ca- at that stage. You know, it's, it's not a blessing. It's, it's really bad. And um, I've noticed over the years that there are different kind of sneezes. Um, you have those really cute sneezes. They just go, choo. Um, we don't have any of those in our family. I wish we had some of those in our family. Um, my wife was meant to be in kids' church this morning. And so I... Uh, when I planned this, I could say whatever I want and you guys would never tell her, so I was safe. She's now sitting right in front of me and I'm just not making eye contact right now. I know I'm in a lot of trouble. But I would best describe Kim's sneeze, I would call her the squealer. And she does the cute sneeze and then she has this bit at the end. So she goes, achoo, like that. And it probably scared you and it scares the heck out of me every time she does it as well. And uh, I've talked to her about maybe modifying it and just making it the cute the cute sneeze. Um, that hasn't happened yet, so I just keep bringing that to the Lord in prayer. Um, she's a squealer. I used to be a head exploder. We've got any head exploders here? Yeah. Your whole head just goes, I can feel it in my ears right now, actually. It's really bad. I feel like just in the last couple of years, I've been liberated from that. I'm now what I would call the sprayer. It's so freeing just to let it all out. It's in. You might as well get it out. And so I'm just like, and it goes. You can actually see it if the sunlight's there. You see it spraying. Uh, I know what you're thinking. I've been talking about the roundabout and you're saying, yeah, well, I know why now um, because I spread my germs everywhere when I sneeze. But the point of the story is this. Sometimes we pass on things that aren't good and sometimes we don't even do it deliberately. Uh, In the year 2000, there was a movie that came out and it talked about passing on blessing in a different way. Can anyone think what that movie might be? Pass it on? No. Seven pounds? No. Pay It Forward. Jared, well done. You read my notes. Pay It Forward was a movie and uh, it was a pretty popular movie and the idea was that you would go and bless three people and then when they were blessed, they would then go and bless people, three people and it would be a pass on of this kind of blessing and it was a revolutionary movie for about 10 minutes. We all thought, that's an awesome idea and then we went back to being self-centred but it was a great concept to be people who pass on blessing. I want to think about those two concepts, passing on things that aren't so good and, and, you know, sort of spreading stuff that's not helpful and being a blessing. I sometimes ponder which one of those has best represented the church. Now, the, re- the, the fact that I've got to stop and consider that perhaps indicates that we're not living in our calling to be a blessing as well as what perhaps we could be. In the passage uh, that we read today from the book of Genesis, it talks about being a blessing. And it talks about a man 
called Abram, who was really the original missionary. And he was given a mission by God for him and God's people to go and be a blessing to the world around them. And so today from Scripture, I want you to see that that was the call of God on Abram's life, but it's still the call on God's people, that we are blessed by God to be a blessing in the world around us. What a wonderful vision that is. For us as a church, we want to be a church like that, that we are known to bless this community and to make a difference where we are. And so let me read the passage to you again this morning. The Lord said to Abram, go from your country, from your people and from your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you I will curse and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So Abram went as the Lord had told him. Uh, If you're a Christian here today as Christians, we believe that the end point of that blessing or, or perhaps the starting point of that blessing is found in Jesus Christ. At the start of the Gospel of Matthew, we see a genealogy and it's kind of like a family tree. You don't have to go on the internet and pay for this one. It's just right there at the start of the Gospel of Matthew and we kind of skip over it at times. But when you look at the genealogy, it starts with this man Abram. And it says eventually, through all the generations, it finishes with Jesus, who we would say is the central figure in history. And I think what it's trying to really demonstrate in that genealogy is that everything Abraham was called to be in terms of being a blessing to the world around him was actually fulfilled in Jesus. It's in him that we experience salvation. No greater blessing than that, to know that we're saved from our sin, that we come back into relationship with God the Father. We know it's in him that we find true freedom. It's in him we defeat the power of sin and death. It's in him that we have relationship with God the Father and it's in him that we experience true blessing in a complete way. Jesus promises that when he returns, we will see his kingdom in all its perfection. And the Bible talks about what it's going to look like, this glorious kingdom. And it says that not only if we are in Christ will we see it, but we will be part of it. Listen to what the book of Revelation says. It says, this place will be a place where he will wipe away every tear from our eyes. It says, it will be a place where there will be no more death, no more mourning, no more crying, no more pain. It kind of sounds opposite to what we're experiencing right now, doesn't it? If you don't believe me, watch the news tonight. We are in a broken world. We're in a sad world in many ways. And it's uh, tragic to see how far uh, this world has fallen. But I think when we think about this vision that Jesus gives us, this future promise of a kingdom where we're free from all that suffering, all that pain, living in the presence of God, no evil, no suffering, I think our souls actually crave for that. Our heart actually longs for that day when we will be in the presence of the Lord and no more of that stuff will be going on. The Bible says in the book of Ecclesiastes that eternity has been set in the human heart. And Jesus says, I'm the way. I'm the truth. I am that life. And so we know that the ultimate expression of the blessing of God will be realised at the second coming of Christ. But the question for us today is really this. What does it look like for us individually and as a church as we wait for that day? As we live between the first and second coming of Christ, how can we be a group of people who go and bless the world around us and pay for the blessing that God has poured into our hearts. 
And I think there are a few things in Genesis chapter 12 and this calling of Abram that we can apply in our everyday lives. The first thing I love about it is that Abram gave sacrificially with no strings attached. Verse 1, go from your country, from your people and from your father's household to the land I will show you. In one of the commentaries I read this week, it said these words, leaving homeland and family was a much greater decision in a traditional society than it is in today's mobile individualistic culture. Abram risked everything he held most dear to obey God's call and Christ similarly challenges people to venture everything to follow him. To be a follower of Jesus Christ actually requires great sacrifice in little things and often in such big things as well. One of the key verses in my life, one of the key scriptures is Luke chapter 9 verse 23. And Jesus said, if anyone's going to come after me, they must deny themselves. There's a kind of a foreign concept, isn't it, when we look at the world around us. They must deny themselves, pick up their cross and follow me daily. That's a great challenge for us. We need to be filled with the Spirit of God to be those kind of people that would be willing to sacrifice to be a blessing to the world around us. You know, I think uh, being a church in a community like this, we have great opportunity. And one of the opportunities we have in a growth corridor such as this is to provide a place of community. I think there's other sort of organisations that do a similar thing in terms of community. You've got um, lots of different places. But one of the the areas I think that provides this kind of community as well are football clubs. Uh, In a semi-rural kind of environment, we're probably not semi-rural anymore, but I think there's this beautiful kind of semi-rural hangover and it's uh, it's community-based and I really love that. But footy clubs in a region like this often provide that kind of family or community that people are craving. This week I heard an inspiring story about a church and a footy club coming together. And it was a story I heard at a staff meeting I was at uh, in Warrigal. Uh, For those that don't know, I work a couple of days a week as a chaplain at Officers Secondary College. And uh, once a month we gather with a bunch of other chaplains from around Victoria uh, in the southeast, and we encourage each other and, and talk about how we can get better at what we're doing. And so it's a great time of encouragement. And this week we had a guest speaker come. Uh, he was a pastor from uh, the C3 church. We've got some C3 people. Oh, it's C3. Yeah, no, sorry. I'll take that back. It's not C3 anymore. I forgot that. Um, we've got C3 in Warrigal. And this guy's a, a chaplain. Uh, he's become a chaplain in the Warrigal Footy Club. And he is from C3 Church Warrigal. And he was telling us a little bit about his role. And he goes and he visits training uh, each week on a Thursday night, just as the juniors finish and as the seniors start. And he goes in there and he just serves. He does a lot of listening. He does some counselling. He picks up equipment. Sometimes he just kicks the balls back after they've kicked them through the goals. Uh, He volunteers in the canteen. And he really just said that he's taken on this posture that Jesus took on, that he didn't come to be served but just to serve. And so he goes and he serves in that community and he does whatever is needed. And about a month ago, their church decided one day, uh, as one of their services, they were going to have a footy day. And as part of that day, they were going to take up a special offering and everything that came in in that special offering was going to go 100% to the football club. Um, An interesting thought, an interesting idea. They didn't tell the club about it, they just decided they would do it. Now you might think, well, why would a church take up an offering just to, to sow into a footy club? Well, he said there was a couple of reasons. Number one is that they want to be known as a church who are radically generous. And that's something we've got in common. We want to be people who are generous with what God has given us. We want to be known in our community as a generous group of people. 
Um, so the first reason is that they wanted to be generous. The second reason, he said, that they want to give uh, is that they want to be known as a people who give with no strings attached. And an offering going into a footy club, there is absolutely nothing in it for them. They didn't ask for anything back in return. They didn't want any public acknowledgement. They just decided they were going to bless this community, this footy club that in many ways were struggling financially. Now, I don't know about you, but I get wary when I get phone calls or home visits from people in our community offering me wonderful opportunities. Absolute strangers from the gas company, from the electricity company, from the solar panel company, um, telling me I've won a lottery that I never entered. Um, When I get those sort of calls and those sort of wonderful opportunities, I feel a little bit cynical. I think, what are the strings that are attached? I remember a few years ago when Kim and I got our first house, we got a phone call from one of these sort of companies and they were selling vacuum cleaners. And they rang us and they told us about this wonderful vacuum cleaner that they had. It was so powerful, it would suck up a bowling ball and uh, it was like the ants pants of vacuum cleaners, the Mercedes Benz of vacuum cleaners and they said, we just needed to know about it. Now at the time we needed a new vacuum cleaner so we thought this was great timing. And as a bonus, they said, we will come around and we'll steam clean your carpets. And all we want to do is just have a little chat about the vacuum cleaner afterwards. So we thought, hey, this is just amazing. God is so good. These people are so generous. Um, they're going to come and you know, steam clean our carpets and then just give us a little um, spiel about the vacuum cleaner and that's it. Well, the second they finished steam cleaning the carpets, we had a knock on the door. And when we answered the door, there were three people in suits holding briefcases. And they walked in to have the little chat about their vacuum cleaner. And for the next hour and a half, this little chat was so uncomfortable. It was manipulative. It was high pressure. We just needed this vacuum cleaner. We had to sign up now. It was only a couple of thousand dollars. It was money well spent. And an hour and a half later, as I physically escorted them out of our house, I realised there's only one thing that sucks harder than their vacuum cleaner, and it's the meeting that we just had to endure for the last hour and a half. None of us like that kind of thing when we feel like we're being manipulated and people are giving us something but there are hidden things and there are strings attached. As I thought about that this week, you know, I think sometimes uh, the church has been guilty of acting in a similar way, that we give but there's strings attached. It's like, well, we want to give you this if you come to our church. Hey, we just want to bless you and here's a flyer for our Christmas Day service. We want to love you unconditionally. Uh, If you act a certain way or do certain things, then we'll kind of welcome you into our community. And it's always like, we will sacrifice if you dot, 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 whatever that dot may be. What I loved about the story, going back to the chaplain story, is that they, as a church, decided to give with no strings attached. And so they took up this offering. And he went to the president and he said, hey, our church has taken up a special offering just to bless you as a footy club. And he said at first, the, the guy, the president said, oh, oh, thanks, mate, that's great, thinking, oh, well, it's a church, maybe 50 bucks, 100 bucks, or something like that. And you can imagine his surprise when he handed over a cheque for $6,000. Now, the most inspiring thing about that story for me is when someone at that um, staff meeting asked him, how many people are actually at your church? Now, I'm doing the math thinking, okay, 6,000 one Sunday morning, that's going to be a pretty big church. And he said, oh, I don't know. Probably around about 35, including children. I thought, wow, 
there's a group of people who know what it is to sacrifice. That they were willing to take up an offering, even though they needed to stay alive as a church, they took up an offering and they gave away $6,000 just to be a blessing in their local community. I was so inspired by that. And the best thing is that he went on to say that since that donation, the footy club are a lot more interested in knowing about their church. How can we partner with you? How can we support you? How can we work together for the benefit of our community? He said that the president came to him and and he sort of came up and he said, would you mind if we called our Rising Star Trophy for every age group the C3 Warrigal Church Rising Star Award? He said, let me pray about that. Yes, let's do that. (laughs) And the lady from YFC was there and she's heavily involved in the footy club and she said she's never heard a church mentioned at a presentation night. But that night, every coach got up and said, we want to acknowledge the contribution of C3 Church War Eagle and we want to say thank you so much for what they've sown into our football club and the winner of the C3 Rising Star Award goes to every single age group. And all of a sudden, that giving without strings attached has led to a beautiful relationship starting to form that will bless the community for many years to come. You know, Abram was the same. He left his family He left his friends, he left his future inheritance in his father's household to go to a land that God would show him. Always get blown away by that. It's a land that God would show him. He hasn't seen it yet. And we don't see Abram going, well, God, that's great. If you can just show me what I'm going to, I'll give up all this sort of stuff. If you just give me a glimpse of what I'm heading to, this is a wonderful thing. But no, no, he doesn't want to give sacrificially with strings attached. Verse 4 says, Abram left as the Lord told him sacrificing with no strings attached. You know what? That's what God's calling us to as a church community, that we would be a group of people who give sacrificially at Follow Baptist Church, that we are known as a people that are radically generous. It's just part of our DNA. It's just who we are because we are created in the image of God and God is incredibly generous, abundantly generous God and we need to be as well. And so Abraham sacrificed with no strings attached. The second thing that I notice about his life is that Abram was called to a place. In verse 1 it says, Leave all that stuff and go to the land I will show you. Now if you know your Bible well, you'll know he never quite got there. He saw the land, but because of the disobedience of the people, he never actually entered the land. But I love the fact that God called him from one place and he called him to another place. As a church, we believe that we are right where we're meant to be. That God has actually called us and placed us here in the officer region in the southeast growth corridor of Melbourne. And we don't believe it's an accident. And so for the last couple of years, there's been a leadership team working towards launching a church such as this. But we also know that this isn't a two-year process in God's mind. That this church was designed by God in eternity. He knew from eternity past that that the day would come where Follow Baptist Church would exist in the officer region. And so he's called a group of people from a whole lot of different places with different backgrounds. And he's plonked us together in this community and I believe he's done it because he wants us to have an impact for his glory. And so it's exciting to know that God has placed us here in his sovereignty and in his wisdom. You're here. If this is your church, you are here because God has placed you here. And I am convicted and I'm fully convinced that Officer and this whole region should be a better place. It should be a nicer suburb to live in. It should be a more blessed area simply because Follow Baptist Church exists. 
and because Jesus is working through our lives. Let me say that again. I'm convicted and I'm fully convinced that officer should be a better place, a nicer suburb to live in, a more blessed area because Follow Baptist Church exists and we are glorifying the Lord Jesus Christ. I often say that we don't just want to be a church in our local community, like the community's there and I hear the church is there too. We want to be a church that is a vibrant, life-giving, generous part of our community, bringing the blessing of God to everybody that we encounter. We're called to this place. And I hope and pray that God will continue to fill our hearts with passion, not just for this region, but for the people within it, that we would love them and serve them as Christ has served us. Abram was called to a place and so are we. The third thing is that Abraham knew where his blessing came from and his blessing came from God. Verse 2, listen to what God says. He says, I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. If we are going to be a group of people who make sacrifices for the places God places us in, we need to first realise that what we have is not ours, it's his. And we only have it because he's first given it to us in the first place. We are so blessed. We are a blessed people. If you're a Christian here today, you would know, man, we are blessed in salvation. To know that we're saved, to know that our sins have been forgiven, to know that we have that eternal hope to be part of a kingdom in all its perfection, that's just a wonderful thing. And every day that should bring us great joy. But whether you're a Christian here today or not, you need to acknowledge that we are blessed people. I mean, we live in a beautiful country. It's amazing. And we live in the best state in the best country in the world. Uh, We need to pray for Scott Sanders here today. He's here. He's flown down from Sydney and he's here for a couple of days for our launch. Uh, But he lives in Sydney and he's got to pay to fly back to Sydney. And I mean, like he's come to the promised land And he's got to fly back to Egypt. And so we need to pray for our brother back there. Because we live in the most livable city uh, in the whole country. And it's been voted that way for for a number of years now. And so we are blessed to live in this great city. And we're in a great part of Melbourne. Most of us have family. We have friends. We have a roof over our head. We have food in the fridge. The sun is shining. And we pray it will continue to for the next few hours. We have so many blessings. And all that comes from God. The book of James says, don't be deceived. Whatever is good and perfect is a gift coming down to us from God, our Father, who created all things. Our very next breath is dependent on him. What an awesome God that we serve. And so getting an understanding of where our blessing comes from will help us to be open-handed with it. Because it's not ours, it's his. He's blessed us so that we can be a blessing. And that's what Abraham realised in his initial calling, that he was blessed to be a blessing. And that's the fourth and final thing I want to touch on this morning. God said, I'll bless you, I'll make your name great, you'll be a great nation, and you will be a blessing to all nations on earth. It's a key part of his calling, and it's a key part of our calling. You know, 50 years ago, churches were such a key part of communities. Every community had a church, every community wanted a church. They were a central part of the community. Kids grew up in Sunday school Um, churches, you know, people held the values that the churches stood for and they were an integral part of community. If there was a new suburb being planned, you know, the vision statement would have provision to be made for churches because they were that important. What do we need in the community? We need a church. That was kind of like the culture. 
And what I've noticed in recent times is that churches are no longer built into community development plans. There's community spaces and that's great, but there's no specific spaces for churches. And they're no longer seen as essential. And I think one of the reasons for that, that this is the case, is because the council are driven by what people need and what people want. And when they survey people about what infrastructure they want in a new community, they say, we want parks, we want cafes, we want childcare centres, we want schools, we want kindergartens, we want lead-free dog parks. And then under all of that, they say, we want churches. Right down the very bottom of the priority list is churches. If we were to ask the community why that's the case, why are we so low on the priority list of a new community, I think they would say because you're irrelevant. And we would say, that's just not right. We'd bristle at that. We'd get upset about that. But to be honest, I think sometimes they've got a point. We have the most exciting news, the greatest message of all time to share, and yet so often we've become the moral police. So often we've been about what you can't do rather than about the love Jesus presents. So often we've been on our soapboxes rather than serving in the trenches. So often we've become inward, insular communities rather than being a blessed community that blesses others. Can you imagine if every church started rediscovering and living the truth that we are blessed to be a blessing? Imagine if every church that existed was meeting needs, was helping the hurt to heal, was bringing people hope and a future, that they were creating community, that was sharing the love of Christ. I think we could once again be seen as important, perhaps even essential parts of local community. What we need to understand as Christians is this, that we don't live for us. We live for him. And as we live for him, we become a blessing to them. Let me say that again. We don't live for us. We live for him. And as we live for him, we become a blessing to them. We live out our calling to take the good news of Jesus and to bless people in practical ways simply because we know that we are blessed people. Christians are not called to be hoarders of blessing, that we just sort of gather it up for ourselves. Last week I talked about grace. And I said grace is undeserved love. But grace is not meant to be stagnant, it's meant to be dynamic. That we're given the love and forgiveness of God and he pours that into our hearts. But the whole purpose is that we share it with one another and the world around us. And that's what makes Christian community so powerful. But let me say that blessing is very much the same. That we are blessed, not because we deserve it, but because God is gracious and because he's abundantly generous. And he says, as I bless you, it's not to hoard it, but it's to share it with the world around you. Let me read you a couple of scriptures. I love scripture. Now, so many people think this is a dead book. Man, it's the most dynamic, alive book. It's encouraging, it's uplifting. And as I read these scriptures to you today, I pray that they would get on the inside of your heart. Listen to this, 2 Corinthians chapter 9. And God is able to bless you abundantly, so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. You will be enriched in every way. Let's say that together. Enriched? In, with some passion, every way. Why? So that you can be generous on every occasion. And that through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. Matthew chapter 5, verse 16. Philip read this for us this morning. Let your light shine before men, before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to God the Father who is in heaven. Philippians chapter 2 Verse 3 and 4, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility count 
others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. We are a blessed people. Abram was a blessed person. We see the fulfilment of that blessing in Christ and you and I as Christian men and women are called to be a blessing to make a difference. All of us have received this new life that Christ has poured into our hearts and the idea is that that life would pour out of us to everybody that we encounter. And so our primary purpose as Christians is to point people to Jesus Christ. As a church we make no apology for that. We want to point people to Jesus. We want to lift his name up high above the officer region. We want people to know that he's the King of Kings, that he's the Lord of Lords, that he's a name above every other name, that it's in him that we find purpose. It's in him we find the source of forgiveness and grace and joy and abundant life. It's in him that we have relationship with God. And when people look at us as a church, we don't want them to say, wow, what an awesome church. We want them to say, wow, what an incredible saviour. What a God those people serve. He's incredible in every way. John the Baptist said, I must become less and he must become more. And that needs to be our posture as well. People wouldn't look at us, but they would look at God through us. And so as a church, we want to become hundreds of people on mission going to bless the world with the good news of Jesus Christ and in practical ways. Can you imagine if every professing Christian actually lived that way this week, that every day they woke up and they said, God, through the power of your Holy Spirit, would you open my eyes to how I can be a blessing today, how I can encourage, how I can serve, how I can love people. This world, let me tell you, this world would look completely different if every Christian lived that way. That's our calling. That's our challenge. One of the things I'm most encouraged by so far as a church is that we're only three months old and as a church we are already being a blessing and having an impact in practical ways. Just in the uh, school holidays in this very room we hosted the kazoos. The kazoos are a, uh, they're Christians but they do a, a secular show for kids and families. And this, heaps of people, heaps of families came in here in the school holidays and they just enjoyed getting together in a community and it was a wonderful day. Each week we go into Officer Secondary College and we put on a breakfast program where we make pancakes for the kids there. We feed them and then we hang out with them. For kids that are so often lonely and isolated, we create a place and a space where they can experience community. We have a community playgroup right here in this place, Tumar Community Centre. Every Thursday a music playgroup happens for our local community and the community's pouring into it. It's so exciting to see. We have youth and young adults events kicking off. We have uh, men and women's events starting soon. We have created a place of connection and acceptance and friendship. And we have a whole lot of ideas on how we can connect with our local community and bless our community going into the future. We want to, uh, we're talking before about how many people are moving into this region. Five people every day. We want to start starter packs where we actually go to them before they unpack anything and say, here's a gift from us to you. And inside that pack will be tea and coffee and long life milk and takeaway menus and a little directory about our community. So before they even pack, unpack anything, they've got the essentials right there. And as a church, we just want to bless people like that. We want to run courses, not just for Christianity, but for parenting and finance. Maybe we'll teach English classes down the, down the track. Who knows? There are so many ways that God can use us to be a blessing. But in order to do that, we need to understand that what we've been given, how we've been blessed by God is so that we can be a blessing to this region and to the world around us. The truth is we're pretty ordinary, but we serve a God who's extraordinary. 
As we serve him, he can use us in extraordinary ways to be a blessing in this world. And so as we give sacrificially, with no strings attached, as we love and bless the place that we've been placed in and called to, as we acknowledge all we have is from God, and as we take this blessing to others, we will be a community of people who God uses to share and shine the love of Christ and to have an eternal impact for the glory of God. Let's bow our heads and we're going to pray. Lord God, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you for the example of so many people in scripture who were far from perfect, but they were obedient and they were willing to step out. Even when they made mistakes, they were willing to serve you. Lord, we want to be a church who are a blessing. We acknowledge that you have blessed us in so many ways. Lord, we acknowledge that that we need your help. We need your Holy Spirit to actually step out and to reach out. Give us wisdom with the words we say. Give us boldness in the things we do to be witnesses in our community. Lord, we know that the biggest obstacle to this will be ourselves. We know we get busy. We know we can be selfish. We know that um, we are the things, we are the people that actually hold ourselves back. And so, Lord, I pray that you would help us by your Holy Spirit to be people who are filled and empowered by you, that we would have the fruits of the Spirit, and that we would go and share your love, your message of hope with the world around us. And we pray this in the powerful and the life-changing name of Jesus Christ. Amen.